This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. When you have great coaches, then after you have great coaches, you get great players, you have a great organization, and you tell them one thing. Just win, baby. You're going to get everything I got. Everything I got. Give me everything you got. Do it for the man next to you. Let's go. Let's go, Raiders on three. One, two, three. Let's go get this. We talk about rebuilding, rebuilding. How do you rebuild? I don't think that Gruden came in to rebuild. I think he came to set his roster on fire. Someone who is arguably the best wide receiver in all of football, that Antonio Brown, is now an Oakland Raider. What is going on, Raider Nation? Rolling in to episode 40. Gosh dang, man. 40 episodes already. Uh, We're starting off 2019 hot. We're getting in a little bit of a roll here, and today I actually just finished up my final fantasy football draft. I was in three leagues this year. Finally got a hold of my ABDC combo. Uh, I got Derek Carr. I think, man, I got him in a great round, maybe like the fifth round or something, sixth round. Um, Went ahead and I took a shot at Antonio Brown in the first round. Swung around. Nobody knew about Ezekiel Elliott and his contract talks. Got him in the second round. Uh, so yeah, my third fantasy football league should be booming for sure. Uh, so I've pretty much got all the Raiders skill players. I have Renfro in a league. I have Waller in a league. I now got ABDC. Uh, I got Tyrell Williams. I've, pr- I've pretty much got them all. I've covered the board. I even have the Raiders defense in a couple of leagues. I have Carlson in a couple of leagues. Uh, so I got a lot of silver and black flowing through the fantasy football leagues this year and I'm looking forward to it, man. We got a good team. Uh, and as long as we win some football games, uh, so should my fantasy football team. So I uh, tell you what, I'm happy to get back to it. I know I was a little bit delayed to what you're used to. I told you I'd be doing post-game episodes from here on out. Um, I lied this week only because roster cuts were coming just a couple days later. Now that they've happened today, um, we're going to review them in just a minute. But first, we're going to cover some of the stuff that's happened this week. Uh, so let's go ahead and uh, let's let's fire this thing up and let's get through these weekly announcements. It was announced that Antonio Brown lost his second helmet grievance, which I talked about this already in my bonus episode, uh, which, you know, we were informed that AB has set up a special endorsement deal to now rock a custom helmet. I imagine he's in the works of finding the right one and details should be coming soon. Also on Monday, the Raiders moved Doug Martin to IR and released former long snapper Andrew DePala. To be honest, I have no idea how to say his name because he hasn't played for us enough. Uh, but I think that's the guy that we signed as the highest paid long snapper before the beginning of last year. Um, and then also on Monday, we signed free agent defensive tackle Corey Legent and linebacker Bryson Allen Williams. Legent enters his first season with the Raiders, having spent his first eight years as a member of the Chargers. 
Over his eight years with the club, the six foot two, three hundred pound defensive tackle appeared in 108 games and made 103 starts for the club. He compiled 274 tackles, 207 of them being solo, 24 sacks, 20 passes defensed, six forced fumbles, and six fumble recoveries, including one return for a touchdown. In postseason action, Legion has made two starts and compiled 10 stops and one sack. On Wednesday, Credit One Bank became the official bank and sponsor for the Oakland Raiders. With this partnership, Credit One Bank will become an essential part of the game day ritual for Raiders fans everywhere. From card member benefits and in-game activations to exclusive experiences, fans of Raider Nation will see Credit One Bank's commitment to the team on and off the field. And for the third consecutive year, the Raiders will support high school football programs in Southern Nevada. After conducting the high school football kickoff kit initiative in 2017 and 2018, this year the Raiders will sponsor a new season-long program, Friday Night Lights. The program will showcase select premier high school football matchups in Southern Nevada each month during the high school football season. One addition to that, we've heard uh, Jonathan Abram uh, say the word salmon compared to salmon. I'd like to hear what he, how he says Nevada. I guarantee I'd put, I'd, put, I'd put some money on that he says Nevada. It's definitely interesting to see. And if you guys uh, follow Jonathan Abram on social media at all, or even Derek Carr in that case, uh, you should see the clothing line that they came out with. If you like that little discussion that they have, the uh, is it salmon or salmon? Uh, I think they came out with a little shirt line uh, arguing the case. Jonathan Abram still seems to stick by uh, his salmon, but I think everyone truly knows that it's actually just salmon. But now that we've wrapped up the weekly announcements... I don't want to hit on the game too much, but I'm going to go through some game notes that I kind of took away from this uh, very, very mild uh, preseason game. So obviously the main thing that I think that everyone was looking for was the quarterback battle that's been going on. Uh, It seemed like last game, Mike Glennon took an early exit. I think that was uh, Nathan Peterman's kind of, I don't know, if it was a proving statement to try and get him out there, get him more reps, really see what he's about, see if he's going to make this roster. Um, he went out there, he played pretty well, but um, on Thursday's game now against the Seahawks, he played still the majority of the game, not as much as the third preseason game, um, but he definitely went out there, and he played pretty well. Uh, nothing crazy. He had no crazy, bizarre plays. Um, he did finish with 158 yards, uh, completing, shoot, I think it was 20 of like 27 or 28 passes. Um, I'm just kind of rambling the number off the top of my head. Uh, a fairly conservative game, pretty good. I mean, that's all we're really looking for out of a backup quarterback. I think that's kind of the difference. I think John Gruden right now uh, is on the hinges of deciding of what kind of quarterback he's looking for. Obviously, Peterman hasn't had any, like, yuck throws, which is great because that's all he's known for. But Mike Glennon definitely has. Mike Glennon looks like he's the guy that can go in there and make some kind of big plays. He can also make some really dumb plays. So we're kind of caught in this weird zone, and that's kind of how we've been all preseason. And that's kind of the result of how our 53-man roster panned out, which we'll talk about later. But the quarterback battle has definitely been something that I kept track of, especially during the Seahawks game. And looking at running backs, of course, here's the thing. Offense, defense, no matter what it was, we had like no starters out there at all. Not even close. I mean, after looking at the 53 now, we barely even had guys out there that were on the roster. I mean, if whoever was a roster lock basically didn't make the trip to Seattle. So 
Um, Mac Brown, one of our late offseason acquisitions, went out there. Um, I think he carried the bulk of the load through the rest of the game. Maybe, you know, just kind of showcasing. I think that's what this game was mainly about. Um, whether these guys were trying to, uh, you know, pump up their trade value or not even that. I mean, these players are people and the coaches understand that. I think they do want a lot of these guys to be able to step away if they do cut them and they don't make the 53. I'm sure that Mike Mayock and John Gruden do want these guys to be able to step away and sign with another team. It's not just about the Raiders. They, they treat these players as people. It's not just if they're in the silver and black or not. Um, I think they want to see them if, if they can leave and continue their NFL career. That's what they look for. Um, so guys like Mac Brown, um, Butler, Gafford, I mean, they might stick around on the practice squad. Um, another team might pick them up. I doubt it. But it's definitely something to keep track of. Along with a lot of our wide receivers, uh, it was kind of the Keelan Doss, Keon Hatcher show. Uh, Marcel Aitman played his part during the game. Um, all those guys, I think, I'd say contributed 50 or 60 yards or so, um, had five or six receptions each. Uh, so definitely good. I mean, they were all on the bubble to begin with. So our wide receivers that did make the trip, um, they've played well all preseason, which we kind of expected. Um, and that was, that was my biggest takeaway. I think the receiver game besides Keelan Doss's two or three, uh, big drops that kind of hurt his stock a little bit there in Seattle. Uh, besides that, I was very happy with our, uh, I guess, wide receiver depth. And then flipping over to the defensive side of the ball, our defense definitely didn't have a very great showing during this game. And then you look at the starters and you just have to think that every single player that was out there was on the bubble. Um, You see our fan favorite defensive tackles, Anthony Rush, Ethan Westbrooks. Um, You see guys like Kyle Wilbur, Jason could bend out there quite a bit. Um, You see Nevin Lawson, Nick Nelson out there playing for spots. Uh, you see Dallin leave it out there and Jordan Richards. I, a lot of guys on defense that I thought were definitely on the bubble. I felt like they were playing well, but it was very sloppy. I don't feel like this unit has had much time together necessarily. I think a lot of these guys have just been rotating in with a second unit. Um, they all got out there. They didn't play very well whatsoever. And I think that just kind of made the case that a lot of these guys are now just going to be on the bubble. Um, so walking away from the Seattle game, I was kind of glad. <laughs> I'm one of those fans that didn't really want the undefeated preseason that's not necessarily uh an award that i think is great as much as as much as i love i'm not saying i wanted the raiders to lose necessarily but it's kind of like okay let's get that out of the way i don't want to be the preseason champions uh in that case so it was good to get out there uh just kind of let the very end of our roster get some work in let someone get out there and prove it and make the team uh so at the end of the day we left seattle not looking pretty, but that's okay because, shoot, I think like over half of our roster really wasn't even there anyways or really playing. So, yeah, not bad. That's that's my preseason wrap-up. Nothing special to it. Uh, Seattle and the Raider game, I wasn't too fond of. I didn't watch much of it myself. I just not really into it. I, I have two little rugrats running around. I'd rather watch them, uh, you know, play and, you know, build uh, kinetic sandcastles with my son. Then watch just some of these guys only battling for roster spots. Uh, The real important game, I guess you could say, is coming September 9th. So now let's get to the point to where this is kind of the main reason I I saved the podcast for Saturday night, and that's the 53-man roster. The final cuts were decided today on Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m. Pacific time. I think the actual... Uh, list and roster was kind of released maybe around three o'clock or so uh, when it was finally just kind of put out to the public but 
Uh, let's go ahead and we're going to take a little look at this. Uh, for those of you that listen to my 53-man roster projection, uh, maybe don't listen to it. I'm sure now after a lot of the cuts, I was pretty wrong. I left the door open on a lot of different things. That's pretty open to a lot of different possibilities because as we know, it's hard to predict any of this stuff. What we look at now, I mean, I know I went to some training camps. I was able to take a look at a lot more than what just the, the average fan can see. You know, but even with just what I saw was only like a handful of practices. Um, I saw the preseason games, but that's not even, I mean, really a glimpse of what the coaches are able to look at. They're over here. They, you know, they see all the practice snaps. They have all of that on film, which they review probably almost every day. Um, They can take something back with them every afternoon after practices, uh, see who's stepping up, see who's stepping out. Um, They know exactly what's going on. And not even just that, just the attitude. Uh, what we're seeing, we don't hear a thing. We don't hear what these players are saying. We don't see all of their demeanor. I mean, what we see is we're trying to keep track of 90 different guys. And it's just, you know, pretty much all of us as individuals tracking these 90 guys on the field, not hearing what they're saying uh, compared to a full-blown coaching staff uh, that is tracking these guys and really understanding the character and I guess the emotion that they're bringing to the game and to the team, which really factors into this more than you expect now because we see how the draft is. Just because we drafted high character guys doesn't mean that's the only type of, I guess, area that we're going to look for that in. It's going to be the entire roster. Uh, We want guys that want to be Raiders. We want guys that are going to go out there no matter what and play hard. So uh, judging through these roster cuts, I know a lot of people probably had high hopes and some young talent. Maybe they just didn't as much, and you can't blame them for it. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at this 53-man roster, um, and I'm going to give some of my thoughts on it. First off, quarterbacks. uh, Pretty much exactly what I was afraid of happening. Derek Carr, Mike Glennon, Nathan Peterman, all three of them staying on the roster, which in my opinion, I mean, I have nothing against Mike Glennon and Nathan Peterman. I still kind of pull for both of them just as much as John Gruden does. I just don't see the point in keeping three. Not something I rooted for. And I'm not necessarily just because this is the 53-man roster. It's just the initial 53-man roster. I still, maybe we just weren't quite sure of who the backup's going to be. I wouldn't be surprised maybe in the next, you know, before week one or something. uh, Maybe either Mike Glenn and Nathan Peterman, one of the two. Maybe something happens to them. You never know. I mean, they could move on. They could find a spot for them somewhere else. Interesting to keep track of, but I I really hope um, that we don't keep two backup quarterbacks with all the depth that we have and all the needs that we still have on other guys coming on waivers. Um, so I, I, let's hope September 9th still, I have my fingers crossed, that we have two quarterbacks on the roster only. Switching over to running back, we talked about this on the projection last week. Josh Jacobs, Jalen Richard, DeAndre Washington being the three backs, along with my guy Alec Ingold, the undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin, making the roster. Super awesome. I was really pulling for that guy to do it. Um, as you can see with all the playing time that Keith Smith was getting, you hardly seen Alec Ingold out there on the field. Um, I think they're kind of toying with him a little bit. They made this competition a little bit stiffer than maybe what it really was. But Ingold getting it, Keith Smith, um, I appreciate his time here for sure. Um, but I think we're moving on with some youth. We have some young, speedy uh, backs back there, and I'm really looking forward to what our backfield's going to bring in 2019. Jumping over to wide receivers, uh, this was a little heartbreaking for me, of course. You know, we got the, the obvious, Antonio Brown, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Renfro, and it came down to actually keeping Ryan Grant, J.J. Nelson, and what we all expected as the kick returner, Dwayne Harris. Now that meant, obviously, the departure of Keelan Doss, which I think easily 
was the fan favorite of this offseason. That was the one guy that Raider Nation, I think, is now the most upset about losing. Uh, but you got to look at it. Uh, I mean, he did have a lot to prove. Hopefully now, how we're looking at it, I don't see Keelan Doss skipping through and making it to the practice squad. But if you really think about it, um, right now would be the time that he can hopefully skim through because we're not the only team here with good players hanging out there. If there's going to be one guy that has to get through and get to it, I think it's going to be Keelan Doss. Maybe they can somehow sneak him through there. But yeah, big loss. I was a little upset with it also. I'm a big Keelan Doss fan, but I will say that those few drops against Seattle probably didn't help his case. Uh, So we went with the veterans, as you can tell, with J.J. Nelson and Ryan Grant. I think the writing was kind of on the wall. We still had high hopes for Keelan. Um, but with those two veterans not getting much playing time in the offseason, really only running with the ones, um, I, I think it was it was kind of expected. Tight ends. This is pretty much exactly how um, I wanted it. Darren Waller, Foster Moreau, Derek Carrier. You got Darren Waller obviously being the standout of the offseason. Everybody, and I mean everybody, has been high on this guy, especially after HBO. Foster Moreau, a guy that I feel like, has the ability, he has the size, he has the skills to kind of be the all-around tight end. Now it's just time to tap into him. We're going to give him that year to tap into him, see what he's all about. And Derek Carrier, who is a guy that, um, I'm not going to say this is all down to the coaching and the GM, um, but it's a guy that really gets along with Derek Carr, and it's good to have a weapon like that that gets along with a quarterback and works well with him. Um, Obviously, we could see guys like Derek Carrier coming in last year and making big plays. Uh, like game-winning touchdown catches. So Derek Carrier earned a spot on the roster, and I'm excited for the three in the tight end room that made it. Now looking at the offensive line, uh, week one starters, I guess, are going to be Colton Miller and Trent Brown on the outside at tackle. Denzel Goods probably going to be filling in right there for Richie Incognito. We got Rodney Hudson, who, yup, got his contract extension. And you know what? I missed that this week on the announcements. Gosh dang it, congratulations, Rodney Hudson. Uh, That was easily the most exciting news, uh, I guess, this week. Gosh dang. Uh, Kind of the underrated need, or should I say the underrated most needed need that the Raiders had this offseason. Hud the stud was going into his final year on his contract. I would have hated to see this guy enter free agency last year. He's been an absolute anchor, uh, works so well with Derek Carr. And it's not only just, I mean... We look at his stats. You can look at his stats all day long. You can look at the sacks that he's given up. You can look at all the numbers. And I don't mean to downplay those numbers necessarily, but I will say as a center, there's not a whole lot of pass rush, okay? So he's not, those sack numbers, I'm not going to say that they're you know filtered, but it's not going to be a whole lot. The stats are looking really good. Of course, he's really stepped up. Centers don't give up a lot of sacks anyways. But where Rodney Hudson earns his money is his leadership, and his knowledge of the fo- of the game of football. I mean, really, if you talk to all of the offensive linemen that have worked around him, um, they give absolute high praise to Roddy Hudson and all of his callouts. Um, I forget who the young offensive lineman was that pretty much said he was right on every single one of his callouts and his blitzes and everything that he read on the defense coming at them. Um, Rodney Hudson is not just some guy that can go out there and be the best center in the league. And block. He's a guy that can go out there and help the entire unit around them. So thank you, Mike Mayock, and thank you, John Gruden, for locking up the absolute, no doubt, hands down, anchor of this offensive line. I mean, we've struggled in the past with our offensive line. 
the last thing we needed was to lose Rodney Hudson. So we locked him up. Hud the stud um, is going to be there. What is that? Uh, was it a three-year extension? So is that, what, four years now? Uh, shoot, man. Retire a Raider. He was an ex-chief, but uh, you know what? Rodney Hudson, uh, this guy's a Raider, man. He's a Raider for life. But just because of that, I almost forgot about the rest of the offensive line. Uh, we're going to have Gabe Jackson, which I expected to still be on the active 53 mainly because if he was to go to IR, I think before the initial 53, like it is right now, I think, I don't know if he'd be able to return during the season. Um, so we have Gabe Jackson, Jordan Devy, who's going to come in as the backup center and maybe an interior guard. We have David Sharp and Brandon Parker, who are going to be kind of be playing, I guess, our tackle or backup tackle roles. And Andre James and Jonathan Cooper, who are coming in, um, Andre James was another undrafted free agent that we weren't really expecting necessarily to make the roster. Um, we had some high hopes. Uh, there's been some guys around there that have had high praise uh, of Andre James. He, he was a tackle, I think, in college and now moved over to a center in the NFL and has been playing exceptionally well. And Jonathan Cooper, who was a former uh, first-round pick, didn't le- uh, live up to the expectations, um, but he's, I guess, playing decent enough now. But the issue is uh, we still have Richie Incognito, who's suspended for the two games. But we still have now a total of 10 offensive linemen on the roster. That is a lot of freaking offensive linemen. I think eight is about the magic number. And I'm going to see maybe one or two of these guys that they're maybe iffy about. They weren't exactly sure who who they were going to go with. I think those one or two iffy guys uh, with some, you know, roster moves are going to happen here in the future uh, or near future. I think those guys that offensive line is going to get trimmed down for sure. Not necessarily who, I don't know who's going to go, but 10, way too many offensive linemen. I see eight or nine uh, going into week one. So all those players right there on the offensive side, that accumulates to 26 total. Now we're going to flip over to the defensive line. Um, And first off, of course, we have Cleveland Farrell, our number four overall pick. That's obviously one of the starters. We have Josh Morrow, who is listed as one of the starters pretty much, I guess, on the depth chart all offseason. But he actually played against the Seahawks, so I guess maybe the Raiders were testing him out a little bit, uh, getting him some action, seeing what that was all about. We have Maurice Hurst. We have Jonathan Hankins. uh, We have Corey Legit, who was obviously just picked up this week. Uh, I guess I had something to say about our interior defensive lineman. It looked like Anthony Rush, Ethan Westbrook could have been promising, but uh, maybe... Last minute, we saw something that we didn't like, and we decided to go with some veteran help. Legion, obviously being a uh, veteran presence, is going to come in, I think, and immediately help us, um, along with Max Crosby, Arden Key, Benson Mayoa, and P.J. Hall. Right now, I think we have P.J. Hall and Jonathan Hankins listed as the starters. I don't know how much weight that's really going to hold. Um, I don't think it really matters. Uh, I, I like to see a heavy defensive rotation at this point. It's not like we have solidified superstars out there on the defensive line. We have a lot of not one-trick ponies, but guys that need to go out there and be fresh and be different, uh, go out there and, and earn their spot. So, uh, yeah, I like our defensive line and where it's at. Of course, I was a little disappointed with the cuts of guys like Anthony Rush and Ethan Westbrooks for sure. Um, but the guys that we're rolling with are kind of expected um, they're guys that have not had a whole lot of playing time in the preseason. Uh, as you can see, Rush and Westbrooks were out there quite a bit, and that was for a reason. So it's interesting to see if we can somehow stash him on the practice squad. And kind of the same thing I said with Keelan Doss. Um, maybe we can somehow hide them in all the chaos uh, that's going around the rest of the NFL. Um, and while everyone's focused on all 32 teams, 
they kind of, I guess, ignore some of these really tough cuts that we have coming through. But the biggest surprise of it all is Justin Ellis. And a lot of people, I think, thought he'd be kind of on the chopping block, could be cut. Um, but he was sent to injured reserve, which basically means if he's getting put to injured reserve before the initial 53, um, he's not available for return. Uh, so uh, let's see what ends up happening uh, with one of the fan favorites, uh, Justin Jelly Ellis. Um, he was at the groundbreaking ceremony in Vegas. I think he is in the future plans. Um, but if we can have some interior defensive line step it up, um, I think his position on the roster could be in jeopardy. Now flipping over to linebacker, and this was another place that I expected um, a lot of controversial cuts. Uh, we have Tahir Whitehead, Vontez Perfect, Nicholas Morrow, Markel Lee. Yeah. So we have four linebackers on the roster. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Now, some tough cuts here. Uh, Kyle Wilbur, who was kind of the veteran special teamer, not really a defensive player necessarily. Uh, Brandon Marshall, who happened earlier in the week, not really right here at Roster Cuts. Jason Cabinda, my boy, was really pulling for him. It was cool to have uh, his little segment there on Hard Knocks. Uh, I was really a big fan of Jason Cabinda and everything he was about uh, coming in as an undrafted free agent. Also, out of Penn State last year, fighting his way to the roster. Um, Not sure how many of you guys have been listening to my podcast, uh, but a couple months ago I had a, 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 I forget what episode number it was, but I had Jason Cabinda on along with Max Crosby. So maybe scroll back uh, maybe 10 to 15 episodes and look for that. Jason Cabinda is a great dude. Um, but with four linebackers now on the roster, we are obviously very thin. Um, and I think that's going to now open up an opportunity. Um, I have full confidence that we're going to be making a run at Kiko Alonso. And I know a lot of people, huh, shoot, I mean, either you want him or you don't want him, it sounds like, in Raider Nation on Twitter at least. And I will say, yeah, he's kind of slow now. I think he's been a little susceptible in coverage. But I will say, no matter what, he's kind of still a playmaker. I don't want to compare him to Reggie Nelson as a safety, but he's kind of like a Reggie Nelson. Uh, if you remember the 2016 Reggie Nelson, it wasn't fast. Um, he wasn't any superstar. He was no uh, all pro back there. Uh, but when the time was right and he needed to make a play, he'd, he, he can make a play, man. He can force fumbles. Uh, he has an eye for the ball. Absolutely. Uh, get him anywhere in the area. Uh, He turns his head. He looks for that thing. He makes interceptions. He's had pick sixes. I've posted a pick six of him on Phillip Rivers. And if he can pick six Phillip Rivers, shoot, why is he not a – why would you want him to be a Raider? Um, If he can make plays, that's what we're looking for. I mean, I'm not looking for – there's not going to be any uh, Pro Bowl players that were just cut. Um, Kiko Alonso at this point uh, I think was looking to be traded. I think at this point now the Dolphins could be cutting him. So if he's cut – even better. If he's uh, up for trade, um, it's definitely not going to command really anything because his contract is a little too much. Uh, but the way I look at it money-wise, I mean, what are we going to do? I mean, we had, what, $17 million going into the weekend projected uh, with some of these cuts coming up. What are we going to do with $17 million throughout the rest of the season? Uh, just sit on it? Is that, is that empty $17 million going to help us win this season? No, why not bring in a couple? We can afford a couple overpaid players to come in and try and help us out and win the season, right? Right? I mean, honestly, what's it going to do if we have just money sitting there? I mean, I know everybody wants to play this game, but he has two years left on his contract. Uh, The Dolphins are pretty much going to eat all of his bonuses, all of his dead money. 
bring him on. Give him a chance. Why not? It's not going to hurt anything. We have four linebackers sitting here. Uh, ain't going to get us no better. So I think Kiko Alonso is going to be a Raider here uh, shortly. Um, if not, I guess I'll just sit here and eat my words. No problem. Uh, but yeah, that wraps out our linebacker group. Uh, to hear Whitehead, Vontez, Perfect, Nicholas Morrow, Markel Lee, I think, rotating in, depending on uh, the situation. And now looking at cornerback, uh, corner, I think, is exactly how I expected also. Uh, Gary Conley, Daryl Worley, LaMarcus Joyner coming in as a slot, kind of a safety, I guess you could say. Um, our two rookies, Trayvon Mullen and Isaiah Johnson, who were, I think, our highest praised rookies coming in. Um, I'm very happy that Isaiah Johnson was on the initial 53, not to say that he can't be put on some sort of IR, I guess, now after this. Um, and Keyshawn Nixon, uh, the last-minute standout undrafted free agent, super happy that he made the roster. And besides that, I think it was the expected cuts that happened with guys like Nick Nelson, who haven't quite lived up to their playing potential. But yeah, so rolling with those cornerbacks, not necessarily super stoked on our secondary depth, but I will tell you, this is a good-looking group, and there's a lot of competition in there. So don't be surprised if it's something like last year where we start rotating guys in. And I've heard that they're not quite sold on Garyon Conley yet, um, as much as we do love Garyon. Um, apparently he still has some stuff to prove. So this is going to be interesting to see how he answers the the, the tough call. And, uh, you know, this group coming in, it's a talented bunch. Uh, but overall, happy with our corners. Um, they're looking pretty good, man. Now, wrapping out the defense, we are looking at our safeties. We have Carl Joseph, Jonathan Abram, who should be the two starters. We have Curtis Booby Riley from Fresno State, who was kind of making his case, I think, a little bit for some playing time. We have Eric Harris, uh, definitely my one of my favorites back there in the secondary. And Dallin Leavitt, man. Dallin Leavitt was, I think, the biggest surprise on this roster uh, to make the team. And Dallin Leavitt, believe it or not, how I knew him the first time, if you guys watched any of the mic'd up, uh, videos or highlights from the Raider Denver game from last year. I remember seeing on the sideline uh, this little uh, stocky white boy, number 32, walking up and down the sideline just yelling, just absolutely yelling into the defense. And he was walking by Gruden, so he picked him up on the mic. I'm like, who the heck is 32? Uh, sure enough, I go and I Google it, dial and leave it. Looked him up a little bit. Uh, they picked him up on the roster, put him on the active roster, should I say. Um, he seems to be just kind of this ball of energy. And as much as this is really cool for him to make the initial 53, um, unfortunately, I have to say, I think he is probably the most susceptible to the first roster move, um, whether that be a Kiko Alonso. If Kiko gets released and we sign him, I hate to say it, I think Down Leavitt's uh, one of the first released, um, as obviously our safeties outweigh our linebackers at this point, and that's not something that we need. Uh, but. Hey, congrats to this guy, man. I mean, it's, it's really cool to, to be a part of it, uh, not be a part of those initial cuts, make it through this crazy wave of initial roster cuts. And then, of course, that wraps it up with A.J. Cole, another undrafted free agent making the roster, uh, capping us out at four undrafted free agents making the roster, I think, for the first time maybe in like the last eight to ten years. It's been a, definitely a long time since we've had this many undrafted free agents. Uh, so AJ Cole is the punter, and then we have Daniel Carlson, the second-year kicker, coming in. Uh, those are me, our two guys, two young guys that are coming in. Could be a growing core, depending on how AJ Cole here does uh, for the future of the Raiders. But yeah, definitely looking good. That is the uh, official initial 53-man roster. Think it's looking good. I 
wouldn't doubt I, I plan on doing a uh, pre Broncos podcast sometime in the middle of the week. I would not doubt that there is already a change or two or three or who knows how many at this point uh, to the 53 man roster heading into week one. Uh, but that's how it looks. Overall, I'm happy. There's definitely some surprise cuts in there uh, that were hard, that were tough. Uh, but you also have to remember this is preseason. It happens to us every single year. You can't overhype the players that are playing against second stringers and third stringers. It's all good. Um, it's all water under the bridge. Uh, but that wraps it up. The silver and black. We got our 53 men. We're ready to go. September 9th. It's coming quick. So we're going to take this quick break provided by Blue Wire. Um, and when we come back, I got a few phone calls to take with you guys. And we're going to take those calls with Kenny King Jr. And we're going to close this thing off with some real talks. So like I said, we're going to take this quick break and we'll be right back. It's a brand new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in Cleveland. The one thing that hasn't changed, where I'm putting my money down on all the games. MyBookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. Our Blue Wire podcasters are using MyBookie.com slash BlueWire to sign up this year. MyBookie has better bonuses and more prop bets than any other sports book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000, and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the huge cash prize pool. MyBookie has live in-game betting on every NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business, and for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the over-under on how many fantasy points a player will score each game. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. And we're back. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go ahead and bring Kenny King in here. And I appreciate you guys sticking through me the last couple of weeks. Two episodes ago, I started picking up a little bit of a cold. I think I was getting a little raspy. Uh, started sounding a little rough. And then last week, oh my goodness, my sinuses are absolutely clogged. So if you stuck through that bonus episode, I praise you because I sounded like garbage. I'm just about healed up. Um, I could have, I guess, maybe some lingering side effects. So I still, if I still sound a little funny, um, I apologize. Um, I'm trying to get through it, but, uh, you know, podcasting can't wait. I'm sure you guys would rather me, uh, talk with a little bit of congestion than not talk at all. Got to get through this Raiders news. Got to keep pumping out the content. Uh, so like I said, let's go ahead and, uh, let's get Kenny King in here. Let's, let's take some of these phone calls. Kenny King Jr. What is going on, brother? What's good, my dog? Dude, it has been a crazy, crazy day. Dude, it has, man. We were talking about what we're going to do, uh, I guess, to close out the show. And I'm talking about, like, oh, let's talk about real uh, Hard Knocks. And I'm like, man, what even happened on Hard Knocks? So much freaking crap happened the rest of the week. Uh, it just about drowned me out, bro. Dude, seriously, I mean, and the other thing with roster cuts, it's like, you know, normally we have to wait, we would have to wait for the end of the weekend or, you know, the end of the day on, on the roster cut day for anything mm-hmm. to go down. And Mayock and Gruden are just making moves immediately. I mean, mm-hmm. yesterday they were just dropping information like, hey, yo, we got five guys gone. What's up? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it, it seemed like we, uh, it's very uncharacteristic. You're actually right. Thanks for bringing that up. Cause it seems like, uh, we, we like to keep it in house, keep it quiet. And then they just drop all the cuts on us afterwards. Um, but I guess it was cool. Maybe Mayock had a little bit different approach. They try to get those guys out of there that he thought maybe could jump on another 53. I don't know. Maybe, maybe they're thinking a little bit more about the players than just themselves, but Hey, bro, we got some phone calls, man. Dude, let's open it up. Let's go. Let's take this first caller. Hello, Cody. First of all, uh, congratulations on the work that you are doing on a mostly on a weekly basis. Sometimes you drop uh, two or three um, podcasts, but I think without me, everything is, is great. <laughs> this is Guillermo Saucedo. I'm calling from Chihuahua, Mexico. Oh, wow. um, I like to speak about the what I think about the the roster. Uh, what really makes me kind of open my eyes is they, they are only keeping four linebackers. <laughs> the uh, probably they are going to be adding one or two more, especially uh, in this position. And what I see in the defensive backs, they are keeping Levitt. I think mm. he's not a bad player, but probably he's the weakest link in the, the defensive side of the ball. On the offensive line, I see flexibility making a lot of sense with what they say, keeping uh, James and Davey, uh that they can play in multiple positions. What it makes no sense for me is that they keep Brandon Parker. <laughs> um, well, as I say, uh, I think it's a good roster, and your effort on a weekly basis is great. Thank you. Good stuff, man. Hey, uh, I didn't really catch your name. You're talking really fast for me. So whoever you are, after you listen to this, do me a favor. Tag me on Twitter or somewhere, Facebook, Instagram, somewhere. Uh, let me know who you are. Say thanks for responding to the phone call, and I'll give you a follow. Actually, that goes to whoever calls, me and Kenny King. Whoever calls in here, make sure you uh, either tag us on Twitter, let us know your Twitter handle, and we'll follow you after the phone call. But, yeah, uh, what do you think? what do you think about that phone call, Kenny? Uh, a couple things that stood out to me is one, he he really likes your effort, and you know, let's put it this way, guys. Cody leads the league in podcast effort, so yeah. <laughs> you know, you can definitely lead the league in podcast effort. But no, in in real talk, uh, I think that you know, you hit the nail on the head. Um, Dalen Levitt was one of those guys that was kind of like a WTF for me, where I was like, okay, why why are we keeping this guy? But um, but we let other guys go. And the other thing for me, too, that stood out was four linebackers. Yeah. What the heck are we going to do? Now, I know that obviously there's Kiko Alonso over in Miami who who doesn't want to be there. Uh, Dolphins don't really want him there and looks like looks to us like they're having a fire sale. So, you know, keep your eyes open. That may be an option. I don't know. Uh, but we may have something there. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think the linebacking core for the past you know few years really – Really, the past ten years since since we had uh, Kirk Morrison, it's been it's been disappointing. We haven't really had a solid linebacking core. What do you think? Oh, exactly that. And I'm glad he hit on kind of that. I, I did a quick roster review going over what we picked for the 53, and Levitt was obviously a guy that I was you know really cool to see him make the roster because I love the energy that he brings to the sideline. But I mean, as soon as we go to add the next player, I think he's the most susceptible to being cut. And mm-hmm. looking at our linebackers. I see all arrows being pointed at Kiko Alonso, and I know he's not some all-pro uh, linebacker. Um, he's not going to be anything special, but depending on what happens, depending on a trade, um, if it is a trade, 
uh, it's going to be pretty much for nothing because there's not yeah. going to be very many people that want to pick up his contract. Um, but I think it could just lead to him being cut and us picking him up on maybe just like a one year deal. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think, I don't know. I mean, I, the way I look at it, I see like a 90% chance that Kiko Alonso is a Raider, uh, but that's just, that's just me. Yeah. And you know, I think to, to that point, I think that Kiko Alonso kind of fits Gunther's defensive style, right? Yeah. He's a physical player. He gets the ball. He's, he's somebody who, you know, has that leadership ability. Um, and he's a veteran in this league and he can, he can learn the defense quickly. I think him and perfect, uh, and Tahir working together, uh, along with Liam Moore, I think that it could be a pretty good, uh, pretty good linebacking core. It's not going to be, it's not gonna be phenomenal. Um, no, I'm not, I'm no. not going to sit here and, and sugarcoat things and, and say that everything's going to be lollipops and rainbows, but it's going to be better than what we've had. Exactly. I think he's a special player, nothing crazy, but, uh, he can make plays. He's a playmaker. He gets the ball. Um, at the end of the day, that's, that's what I think of him. but let's take this next phone caller. What's up, Brady Cody. It's Wop. Yo, man. I mean, I'm okay with everyone that got cut and didn't make it. I mean, a lot of people are crying because uh, Keelan Dawson makes it. But, <laughs> I mean, grab a box of tissues. Okay. <laughs> um, I think Rico Rico Gafford had a better showing in the preseason, but I'm just crazy. Mm. People don't agree with me, which is fine. I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. The defensive cuts, totally okay with that. A little perplexed with the rush, but Same. I can see yeah. why. I mean, every one of those guys, minus Rush, they all had some bonehead plays against <laughs> Packers. I mean, Kabinda, we have a year and a half or so of tape on him uh, making missed tackles. Oh, man. Well, totally like misreading Kabinda. the defense and getting toast. I like to call him Mr. Toast because that's what happened to him. Oh, man. got cut. Cows are gone. Thank God. Jesus Christ, man. The scholarship is over. Oh, my uh, Anyways. That's my little take on it. I'm happy. We'll see what happens. Wop out. <laughs> I don't know, bro. Like, I mean, top WAP Raider is somebody that I rarely, I don't want to say I rarely agree with him on, but his statements are so bold. I just, oh, yeah. I, I can't condone them. I, I do not support these messages, but no, I could not have gone through my night missing that phone call. <laughs> Freaking WAP. You know, first and foremost, WAP, uh, <laughs> you didn't acknowledge me. Oh. So. You're on the list. You know, you know, not only is he on the list, but he will see me at Sea Lot oh. week one with Black Air Force activity. <laughs> That's something you don't want to mess with, Top WAP. Dude. Oh, man. Did he just call him? He called him Ben to Mr. Toast? I thought that was Reggie Nelson's nickname. I thought that was. I thought he held. I thought he anchored that nickname. Like nobody I mean, takes over that nickname. I thought he was Cinnamon Toast Man from from Ren and Stimpy. Like that dude <laughs> was the epitome of toast. Like if you put toast in an oven, like you'd be like, "Hey, how how do you want your toast done?" Oh, yo, give me that Reggie Nelson. <laughs> oh man, from from Ren and Stimpy, really? Oh, Stimpy, Stimpy J Cat. Stimpy uh, Jake Cat. A lot of these cats won't won't remember that. They they're not ready for that. But uh, dude, yeah, dude, I'm telling you, bro, freaking top wop, wop out, man, wop out. I look I look forward to this guys. This guys post games. I'll oh, tell God. you what, 
Good stuff, Let, man. Let's hope we go 16-0 and 0 because Waka's going to be <laughs> one angry little dude. dude. He called out the whole team last year, man. He said, except for two players. He's like, oh, he's like, oh, a bunch of oh, soft, soft as Charmin, except Jared <laughs> Cook and Derek Carr. But <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Hey, but you know stuff. what I do? You know what I do agree with him on? What's Anthony that? Rush, dude. Anthony Rush, yeah. like, oh, yeah. you know how much I love me some Anthony Rush, and I cannot believe that they didn't that they let him go. And I saw Mayock's comment saying that you know he was a good player, but still a little raw. And yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Um, I don't know if it's the the Raider fan in me or if it's you know the realist in me, but Mayock's statement on that it just kind of went to show how much stuff that we accepted under the previous regime when we drafted players like Jihad Ward or Shalit Calhoun uh, or you know Seal uh, Moore, you know we were okay with just a little raw. Yeah, and, and or an Eddie Vanderdose taking him in the third round as a project, or a DJ Hayden taking him in the first round, saying, "You know what? This guy could be a good football player. He's got a high motor." They're not doing that anymore. They're actually taking guys that are a good football player, that have good football minds, that that are ready to play right now, immediate yeah. starters. They're looking for guys that are going to be starters yeah. now. I think Rush is a guy that can make it in this league. I think Rush is a guy that can make an impact in this league. Uh, I think he's a guy that can make an impact on this team. I mean, I, I think that he's better than than our starting defensive tackle right now. And that's a it's a bold statement, but I think there's a lot of people that will agree with me on that. And he's one of the guys that I'm I'm actually I'm I'm a little perturbed to see go. Yeah, yeah, he's a little. Uh, his axe was Corey Legit. I think if if Corey wasn't signed, I think Anthony Rush would be on this roster. But absolutely. That's what that that was uh you know old lady sung her song it's over with but uh yeah he's he's one of the two players I think hurt the most Anthony Rush was the first one and then uh, Keelan Doss was a dagger so. oh dude yeah Ooh. so let's uh let's take this uh, third caller Kenny King oh my God Keelan Doss <laughs> I'm just kidding it freaking sucks man but I get it who is this. Ryan Grant. This is not Ryan Grant. He's a proven veteran. Uh-huh. He had some injury setbacks, <laughs> but he had pretty good preseason. I know Doss had a much more stellar preseason, but he had more action than Grant did. What is your name? But uh, the drops, man, I think those really hurt him. I think he had five drops in the preseason, not to mention all the drops in training camp. So. I wish him luck. I hope he makes it to the practice squad. I haven't actually checked the news recently to see if he's gotten picked up. But other than that, it's a really surprise about who is this? Um, Anthony Rush, <laughs> probably more so for me. Um, yeah, yeah, I know yeah. we kept Levitt. Leave it. I didn't really notice too much from him, but hey, hopefully he can contribute. Maybe he's more of a special teams guy that they really like. He I know is, they yeah. released Wilbur, so they need somebody to replace that. Uh-huh. Thank God. Anyways. Um, I'm fine. <laughs> good. It sucks that we didn't get Doss, but that just goes to show that how good our wide receiver core is going to be. Yeah. You guys have a great night. Looking forward to listening to the podcast, man. Who are you? Oh, this is Dustin, by the way. Oh, oh it's Dustin. Dustin. <laughs> Dustin. Now I recognize the voice. You sound way different. I, I didn't recognize the voice today. Oh, man. Because he didn't start off with, hey, this is Dustin Matthews. <laughs> That's what we needed. Seriously, I need that. Now I need to re-listen to the whole thing because I wasn't even hardly listening to what he was saying. The only voice <laughs> that I know by heart 
that on this podcast is yours, WAP. Cody. No, it's WAP. You know uh, you'd recognize Raider WAP before. Oh, Raider Roo. Raider Roo is pretty good. Raider is pretty good. It was just me. Yeah, I hope I hope everyone on here recognizes my voice. Uh, <laughs> shoot, Dustin, I agree with you. Um, I, I liked his opening, uh, his little cry for Keelan Doss. It's kind of how I felt. Kind of, I guess I was a cherry on top for my day. Uh, Dustin, always okay. great to hear from you, buddy. Um, so we're gonna, we got one more phone caller here, um, and then we're gonna wrap it up with our final thoughts, man. What's good, Cody? It's your boy Sanjeet. Yo. First and foremost, I saw your tweet, man. I knew I had to call in. But I want to thank you, man, because this is the first time I'm actually calling into your, your podcast. But I want to thank you because you helped me and motivated me to start my own podcast. So I really wow. appreciate you, man. That's what's up. And I also want to thank you for helping me get through a lot of my days at work. <laughs> but just to give you my opinion, man. It's just crazy to me, and I can't get my head wrapped around why the Raiders would think that Keelan Doss should not be on the team. Like, he's been the most dominating wide receiver for preseason, of course, but still, like, he's outperformed Ryan Grant. He's even outperformed J.J. Nelson, even though I like J.J. Nelson. So I don't know why they would get rid of him. And then the one that is even more surprising is Anthony Rush. Like, what the hell is John Gruden thinking? You know, I love Gruden. I love Coach Gruden. I think he's done a great job rebuilding this team. But if you know Justin Ellis is not healthy and you know he's going to be on the injured reserved, why would you not keep him? Why would you not keep Anthony Rush active? Like, that just doesn't make sense. I want to know what you think about that, man. Like, do you think it's because we don't really need a true nose tackle? We have other players that can maybe fill the role. Or do you think that he's just not that skilled or, or maybe he's just a little bit slower and then do you think they'll bring him back to the practice squad i want to know what you think man i really enjoy your show so thank you hey some uh some some nice words there from sanjeet make sure you guys check out his youtube channel uh, he's also fired up a new podcast um i think it's is it the writer's pod kenny is that exactly what it said uh, yeah i think so um you know sanjeet we we write together on just blog baby and you didn't even acknowledge me <laughs> so this is a note to all callers you know i feel like that's weird all of a sudden this episode nobody wants to address kenny king maybe they're a little afraid of getting on your list but anyone that calls into this podcast you better know if i'm taking a phone call I'm taking a phone call here with, with kenny king jr but uh I tell you uh sanjeet you're kind of hitting on exactly how we feel uh but with Keelan Doss over his, I mean, I, I know he outperformed, of course, J.J. Nelson and Ryan Grant, but maybe in practice and in camp, I don't think he ran with the ones a whole lot. So maybe he didn't get a whole complete fair shot. Um, he yeah. had a few big drops, but he made some a few good big plays in preseason. That's what we all saw. But, I mean, I even saw some plays in camp where at one point with Antonio Brown out, J.J. Nelson was the most lethal weapon out there on the field. And not even just that, Ryan Grant, I mean, ah, mean, a lot of people have knocked on Ryan Grant. He even made some big plays and some big catches. So I don't want to say I understand and support the decision, um, but, I mean, I do understand it a little bit. So it's it's one of those things. Anthony Rush does hurt me. Obviously, it hurt Kenny King. He just heard what he said on the previous call. Uh, so, I mean, uh, that's kind of my opinion, Kenny. What, what do you have to say to Sanjeet here? Yeah. I mean, okay. So Cody, we were at that, we were at that training camp together where JJ Nelson was just going off. I mean, he had that one catch across the middle where he jumped up at least 
10 feet in the air and, and grabbed the ball and kept what running. 360, bro. Like, he spun Dude. around and just kept on going like nothing ever happened. I mean, every single beat writer there was was amazed by it. Because, <laughs> you know, when, when we signed J.J. Nelson, we're like, ah, you know, this guy, he's probably going to be a slot player. He's a one-trick pony. And he went out there and showed that he can run every route in the route tree. Uh, Ryan Grant is another guy that can run every route in the route tree. And I think that was the biggest thing is that they added receivers that not only have the ability to get down the field, get separation because of their speed, but they know how to run those routes and they know how to fill in just in case there's somebody out or if there's another if there's another lineup that they want to do. And the way that Gruden runs his playbook is he runs his playbook based on players. So chances are he had probably already filled that playbook full of plays for Ryan Grant, for J.J. Nelson, for Antonio Brown, for Tyrell Williams. And then he had some for Keelan Dawson, Marcel Aitman, and, you know, let's see what these guys can do. But I think that they didn't show enough in practice. They showed up in the games. But remember, yeah. in these games, they're playing against number twos and number threes. It's only number twos out there, yep. Exactly. So let's see. You know, we want to see what these guys can do against against the starting defense. And we already know what – our other guys can do against the defense because they've been doing against our starting D all, all, all camp. So yes, I am upset about Keelan Doss. That's an Alameda Mm -hmm. boy. That's my hometown. Um, I hope that he clears waivers and he ends up on the practice squad. I don't think he will. I think that he is a good enough player. He should have gone drafted. Uh, I think he's a good enough player that will make it onto a NFL roster and will be a player on a team and he will be on a 53 man roster. You know what, Kenny, you're right. But you know what? I'm done talking without the music, bro. Let's uh let's get a real talk, brother. Let's get it. Look at me, Kenny King. I'm going to fire this thing off for once here in real talk. Yo. And the one thing I got for you, brother, is your last comment you're talking about. I didn't think that they are going to make the practice squad either, but kind of the way I'm looking at this right now is we got 32 teams that just hit some crucial roster cuts. Now, is there a chance that a couple of our players are getting, I don't know, clouded? They're getting masked because we have how many players that these teams are trying to look at. I mean, they're not keeping tabs on everybody. For the most part, they might have thought, a guy like Anthony Rush or Keelan Doss could have been making our roster. They weren't even on the radar. You think that there's a chance that they kind of low-key, I don't know, get hidden in the trenches and they find our practice squad anyways? I definitely think it's something that could happen. I mean, look, we've seen it happen before. You know, players get stashed on IR. Players get put on the practice squad. James Kelsner was on the practice squad for the past two years. <laughs> so, I mean, there's definitely guys that are going to make that. I mean, look at Marquette King. They put him on IR, put him on the practice squad, and then made him a, they made him a player. And so I think it, it definitely is an option. You never know, man. I mean, just because we see what these players are looking like doesn't mean every single other team is. And maybe they just don't see an opportunity for them themselves. I mean, we're not the only NFL football team with maybe too much talent. But I think that there's a couple sneaky moves in there, something along the lines of, Maybe guys finding the practice squad and even I'm sure they still have some tricks up their sleeves for guys that are on the 53 right now. We saw what we did last year with stashing guys. Um, Obviously, we're stashing guys kind of like Justin Jelly Ellis. Um, Maybe that there's an option for even one of our quarterbacks. 
to find one of those. I don't know. I mean, something could happen. But I'd like to see something to where we open up a few spots, get a few more playmakers in here, and we keep some of our young talent uh, that we didn't want to let go of in the first place. Yeah, you know, I think that obviously, you know, with Jelly being on the IR, I think that with, you know, some of these moves that are being made, uh, there's an opportunity right now. We can we can put some of these guys on the practice squad. Keelan Doss, Anthony Rush. Um, I think those are two guys that are right there on the radar. I think they're they're two guys that obviously um, they shine in the preseason. Keelan Doss obviously was was highlighted on hard knocks. Um, but Anthony Rush was a guy that kind of flew under the radar. He was undrafted out of UAB, but the guy had a monster to career and I mean the guy had a pick for an interception at 345 pounds that's a big boy touchdown and that's what I love to see when you see a fat man running the back and, and, and spiking in the end zone that's what we do baby <laughs> and so um yeah you know I would love to see that I would love to see some moves being made um obviously we've got Nevin Lawson on on uh the football list for for four games for for suspension we've got uh Richie with a two-game suspension, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what what they do. But we had Aitman on on the practice squad last year, and he ended up making the squad. So let's see some good stuff, Kenny King. Now, one thing I want to ask you about before we close out here: uh, it was kind of masked between all the crazy stuff going on at the end of the week with the game and the roster cuts. Uh, but Hard Knocks, man, you got any comments or uh, anything to note on for Hard Knocks? Yeah, I think one of the things from Hard Knocks that I noticed, and and this has been something that has gone on every season almost um you know they feature they feature generally four to six guys and of those four to six guys they generally have about four of those guys end up getting cut this year was no difference and um i think that we were able to build a relationship with some of these players um we have a personal connection. Obviously, we know their backstories. We know a little bit about their life. Uh, we want to see them succeed. Um, and, you know, there's going to be those guys like Max Crosby and, and Hunter Renfro where you know they're going to make the squad. But then there's those, those there's those other guys like Keelan Doss where you're like, shoot, man, I really hope this dude makes the squad. I really hope this dude is that undrafted free agent that should have been drafted that makes the team. And then there's guys like Luke Wilson who are journeymen where you're like, maybe he found his landing spot. I don't know. But, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where <sighs> you can't get emotional attachment because, you know, it's football and, and it's a business and life happens. Knock on wood if you're with me. <laughs> I'm telling you, Kenny King, uh, you hit the nail on the head right there, bro. But Hard Knocks has one more episode left. Roster cuts are down. We probably got a few more adjustments that are going to happen before week one. But we're looking ahead right now. And we're just a hair over a week away from our home opener against the Denver Broncos. Kenny King, I want you to wrap this real talk up, brother. And do you have a message for Raider Nation for the upcoming matchup to open up the season? Yes, baby, I do. Look, before we had nacho cheese... The next week, we had sea chicken stew. Corning King was a trending topic. But guess what? We're going into the regular football season now. We've got the Denver Broncos. The only team I hate more than the Denver Broncos is the Kansas City Chiefs. And we got them the next week. So guess what? I got something to say after that. But let's get focused on these donkeys right here. I want the Raiders to go in there on Monday night. When we're sitting there, me and Cody hanging out in Sea Lot, getting ready, eating, try to hang with you, hang with all y'all. We're gonna we're gonna load up, 
We're going to have fun. We're going to party in the parking lot. We're going to roll into the stadium. And guess what? After we beat the Broncos, John Elway is going to wake up Monday morning. I'm sorry, Tuesday morning with a horse head in his bed because we just sent him a message. The Raiders are taking over, baby. Let's get it. Corny King Jr. has officially retired. Rest in peace there, Kenny King. Good stuff. Closing it out the best way I thought we could this week. Uh, we got our, Like I said, we got our 53-man roster set. Uh, we wrapped up the preseason pretty well, man. Three and one. I know it's not all about record. record it's all about play. Uh, but I have full confidence that our first team is firing on all c- cylinders right now, ready for the Denver Broncos week one. And just like Kenny had mentioned, C-Lot, for everybody that is going to the home opener, if you are listening to this right now, you are invited. We're going to be chilling in C-Lot. I'm going to guess. I mean, I'm going to drop my location on Twitter on the Raider Cody podcast page. I'll share it to the personal Raider Cody page. But make sure you follow us at Raider Cody Pod. Um, we're going to drop it on the map of the parking lot exactly where we're at when the gates open and we get parked. Um, I'm going to guess it's going to be somewhere by the porta potties, you know, like on the uh, shoot, what is that? The east side of Sea Lot, the side closest to the stadium, uh, you know, down the middle of all the parking lots. Somewhere right there, I'm trying to get like an end cap, but I will drop the for sure location where I have a couple spots. I'm going to have the tailgate barbecue going, shooting for like, I don't know, maybe like a half dozen tri-tips, going to get after us and maybe macaroni salad. Uh, We're going to have a huge tailgate going on. So like I said, if you're listening to this right now, you're invited. I want you to come up to me, introduce yourself. I want to meet every single one of my listeners that is coming through and going to the game. Do not be shy. You're all invited. But um, like I said, we're firing on all cylinders right now, ready for week one. Um, and we're just a hair over a week away, ready to go. And until then, I will say I might be dropping an extra bonus episode this week, maybe a pre Broncos episode, something real quick, just to review the matchup ahead. But unless until then Raider nation, I will see you in Oakland, September 9th.
Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G. Because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.